the tests of a true missionary is how he or she gets provision from God. For about 15 years, I traveled into remote unreached people groups to see firsthand if there was any presence of Christianity. On one of my first trips, I went alone. I arrived at the market town near the people group, and a man came up to me and asked if I was a Christian. When I said yes, he was overjoyed and invited me to his house for breakfast. This was God's provision for my bread. I got bread along the way. When we had finished eating and talking for a while, he accompanied me back to the market and was kind enough to purchase a shoulder bag for me. Here was God's provision for my bag. This I had also gotten along the way. It's made of wool and has lasted for many years. I think he paid three dollars for it. I still have it to this day. On another one of the first journeys that I made into remote people groups, it was the beginning of a four and a half hour hike into the mountains. Again I was alone and I met an indigenous man on the path. He asked me where I was going and when I told him he gently handed a small walking stick to me. This was God's provision for my staff. One more thing gotten along the way. At that time Many of the villages that I went to had no roads, and climbing was strenuous. I needed that walking stick. I still have it. If you take everything you need for the journey, you will not only not see God's faithful provision, but you will not have help from people you meet along the way. In many cases, they want to help you, you need this help from them. There are many reasons for this. The first reason is that you are humbling yourself to receive their help. This is for them, not for you. They need to see your humility. This shows that you're sincere. If you receive their help, it shows them that you're a humble person. This gives you favor with him. The second reason is that you are creating a bridge between you and the people in their culture. It is important to accept their gifts no matter how small. Another very important reason is that now you are carrying things that are local to that area. This helps you blend in and gives you even more favor with the local people. There might even be a little bit of a reason in their minds why you are wandering out in the middle of nowhere. People who carry all the cool store-bought missionary gear into remote areas don't need help from anyone. They also look ridiculously out of place to the local people. They do not look like they need help from anyone. They don't really look like they know what they're doing. And they look proud because they have not received anything from the locals. So you don't take anything for the journey. You will get it along the way. 
Jesus Christ's missiology is perfect, and we don't even know how deep it goes and all the reasons for the things that he told us. You might have to walk very far to find these men and women of peace, but they exist in almost every part of the world. They will help you. Where they don't exist, remember what Jesus teaches you and shake the dust off your feet and move on. Matthew chapter 10 verse 14 If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that home or town. Once I was with a young missionary walking through the rainforest. An indigenous man who was our guide started to cut staffs for both of us with his machete. He handed over the first one and I eagerly received it. He asked the other missionary if he wanted the staff and the young man declined being in such good shape. Truly the young man was in extremely good shape. The guide used it for himself. As we walked deeper into the jungle, the trail became difficult and eventually disappeared. The new missionary slipped twice along the way. He didn't fall, but the hike through the rocky jungle required more attention and energy without that staff. He could have just accepted the provision God was giving him along the way. You need to recognize God's provision when it's in front of you. It may be more important that you learn to recognize that God is using the local people to provide than it is getting the faith that He will provide. God's going to provide whether you have faith or not. God isn't trying to teach you faith. You will eventually learn the faith part. If you are going you are already showing faith. The important thing is to take the help from the local people. If you don't recognize that God is using the local people, you may have closed your own missionary doors. If you take nothing for the journey, you are forced to accept the provision from them, and to be humbled, and to blend in, or at least look like that you should be out in the middle of nowhere. If people are going to give you something, take it, even if you don't think that you need it. They are trying to help you, and you should humble yourself and take it as a gift. In some cultures, you will deeply offend the people if you don't receive what they give to you. Just like the young missionary offended the indigenous man in the rainforest. Take everything given to you, even if you think you will never use it. Hold on to it for a few days, and you might find that you do need it. I was talking to the director of a missions agency for a large denomination, and I asked him how God provided for him when he was a new missionary. He said that he and his wife went to a city where there were no other Christians. They went with no monthly support and no backing from their local congregation. 
At that time, there was no mission agency within their denomination. He told me that he and his wife just felt compelled to go. This was 40 years ago, and the city was very hard and resistant to the gospel. The new missionary couple was surprised when unbelievers brought them food to help them out. Their home church did not support them, so they had to accept the gift. He told me that those were the people who later became believers. He said, we need to send missionaries out again this way. It forces the new missionaries to bond with the people. Who would have thought that sending missionaries without finances would help them bond with the local people and open doors? I've met missionaries who have it all. They have expensive four-wheel drive diesel vehicles that they take into the mountains. When we went to the mountains, we didn't use other people's vehicles because we wanted to arrive in the people group in the same vehicles or the same way that the people do. I still don't know all the reasons for this. I just know that it seemed right. Time after time, we have seen the provision of the Lord along the way, and it has taught us how to interact with the people because we had to interact with them. Many times, we've been in the middle of nowhere, and strangers have offered us food. When will we ever learn to trust God to provide if we keep bringing everything along on the journey? How long will it take us to go if we wait on all the stuff that we think we need when will we ever bond with the local people if there isn't anything that they can help us with? I heard a missionary from Morocco saying that he did not want a vehicle because taking public transportation helped him learn the language. Once on a long trip into the mountains, we came to a river that we had to cross to get to the remote villages. We were with an indigenous guide who was afraid of the water and decided he wasn't going to cross the river with us. I was with another young man and we decided to cross the river alone and keep going. We were met by an authority before entering the town and were told that we could not enter. We ignored him pretending not to understand him and entered the town anyway. We had come too far to let one person stop us. He ran ahead of us back to the village, and by the time we arrived, the people had closed almost all the doors and windows. Only a few were left open, but as we walked past, they were closing those as well. We walked through the entire town to the far side where the people had not gotten the news. A kind lady and her children greeted us. They made food for us, I remember that food and how good it was. A large cliff kept us from going further into that people group, so we had to turn around and walk all the way back several hours to where we had started, including crossing the river. She knew that we needed food for that long walk. God knew and moved on her heart to provide for us. 
It was late at night when we got back to the town that we had started in. It must have been 10 o'clock. The palm of my hand was bleeding from where I had used the walking stick to climb the mountain. I wouldn't have made it without that walking stick. We were coming through the dark town and a man came out of a large house to greet us. We told him where we had been and we told him the name of the lady who fed us. He was astonished that we had gone that far and that we had met his friend. He invited us in to his table to feed us and allowed us to stay in his house that night. He also invited us back and offered us his horses for the next trip. There are places in the world that are so remote that a missionary will simply not be able to get the money out of a bank. There are no automatic teller machines, or the banking systems are so antiquated that you can't get your money out. Even if you could get it out, what would you do with it? The remote places of the world are so far back into the wilderness, money isn't going to help you much. We have a friend who went to Senegal as a missionary several years ago. She was there for two years and could never get her monthly support out of the bank. The bank in Senegal never could get the transfers, so all her money stayed in France. The entire time she was on the mission field, she didn't get one penny of her monthly support out, but she decided to stay and God provided. She had to humble herself and bond with the people. You will never need all that money in a remote, unreached people group. If you take it along, it will only cause trouble or make you a target. It will only make you stand out in the crowd when you need to blend in. Every good missionary training center teaches you to not live beyond the level of the people you're ministering to. You don't hear this much anymore. I don't know where this teaching has been lost. Take nothing for the journey goes along with the concept that you do not live beyond the means of the people who you're ministering to. If you end up going with 100% of all your monthly support raised and all the gear that most traditional missionaries have, you will not be living on the level of the people you definitely won't need any help from them. You will maintain your pride though. Once I had a several hour conversation with a missionary couple that had sold everything they had to go to the mission field to live on the level of the people. They lived on a base with other leaders that were telling them they needed to live in a nicer house. But they really liked the typical house better. The missionary lady told me that she felt freer to invite her indigenous lady friends to coffee when they lived in the typical house. The first remote unreached people group I lived in. I was there 11 months with only $60 a month support. So you could say I was forced to live on the level of the people, but actually that was way more money than I needed. 
I was talking to the leader of a mission agency about them sending a young lady to Nepal. He said that her monthly expense was going to be about $800 and they just couldn't see how they were going to be able to do it. I did a little research on what she was going to need and later told them she wasn't going to need all that monthly support. It will just cause problems and attract attention. I was basically teaching them what Jesus taught the disciples. She should not take anything for the journey. Many of these support levels are estimated for people who go to the mission field with way more support than they really need. We might better listen to Jesus. It doesn't sound like that He's giving us an option here. The less you take on the mission, the more obedient you will be to Jesus' teaching. I was taught by my missionary pastors never to build up a ministry on how much monthly support you have today, because that level of support might not be here tomorrow. They also told me that I should build a ministry on the least amount of money needed so that it is reproducible by the local people I am discipling. They also said, never build a ministry around the support of one big church because they are unfaithful. They cut their mission's budget often and for many reasons, especially when they need to build a new building. I was teaching in a missionary training center and encountered a young couple who were planning to work among a remote unreached people group. The young man told me that when they first arrived, their church had pledged to support them monthly. After they were settled in, they got a call from their church saying that their support was dropped. The young man told me that he had been reading the verses in Luke chapter 9 that they should take nothing for the journey. When he told me this, they were finishing week 10 of a 12-week course. God provided along the way. Here's another lesson you hear taught in a good missionary training center. Don't use money to buy people's participation in the ministry. A long time ago, they used to call these Rice Christians. The local people would come to your church or your discipleship as long as there was a bag of rice, or money, or something. If the missionary doesn't have the rice or the money, they go home. They don't come. If you don't use money or things to coax your people into coming to your ministry, you won't be creating dependency. They won't be depending upon you for their rice or their provision. If the missionary is working to make their own way or to make their own money on the field, the people won't perceive them as being missionaries. A long time ago, many of us volunteered to serve without pay. I don't remember getting many gifts of finances from those old-school volunteer ministries. If Jesus is telling you to take nothing for the journey, He is not offering to pay you 
or your disciples. Don't worry, you won't lack anything. Matthew chapter 19 verse 29 And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. After Jesus tells us to take nothing for the journey, he becomes very specific as to what we are not to take, saying, don't take a staff and few other things. A staff or a walking stick helps to stabilize you on the path and protects you and gives you a little more reach. A bag allows you to take other things like money and bread. Money allows you to buy more bread along the way. An extra set of clean clothing helps you save energy. Why would Jesus get so specific? Because when you begin to say, well, I just need to take a little more money. It opens the floodgate. We begin to say that we need a little bit more and a little bit more. Well, my staff can also be a flashlight or an umbrella if I get the right kind. This starts to spiral out of control. I just need one more thing. No, wait a minute. I forgot about that one more thing. And yes, I need to go back for one other thing, too. Then other people around you jump in and say, Well, don't forget about this thing. And you're going to need this other thing, too. Your family will be selfish and want to keep you home as long as they possibly can, waiting on enough things and on enough money to buy all the missionary requirements that you need. You will even have other missionaries tell you all the things they think you need. You know things have spun wildly out of control when by the time you get ready to go to the mission field, you have a master's degree in theology along with $4,500 monthly support, full medical, dental, life insurance, a 4x4 vehicle with GPS, and your children are in the best schools with brand new uniforms. You have a special fund set up with money being drawn out of your monthly support in the event that your refrigerator goes out or if there's a coup or a disaster and you need to get your family out of a dangerous situation. You also have a contingency plan for kidnapping and the list goes on and on. You even have to be in perfect physical health and pass a psychological exam. If you meet all these requirements, you have bought so much stuff with what you have, you will have to rent a huge house to put it all in. You don't find huge rent houses in remote areas. You will be forced to live in a modern city in a situation that's far above the level of the people whom you are ministering to. Remote unreached people groups are remote from big modern cities. All this stuff literally hinders us from getting far enough out to be in a remote unreached people group. It also hinders the missionary from staying long term. 
Some don't ever make it to the mission field because they could not raise the startup fund. A startup fund is the amount of money you need to get settled in on the mission field. It is separate from your monthly support. Luke chapter 10 verse 4 Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. Modern missionaries travel across the world to make a little home away from home. And because of it, we never really fully adapt to the culture. We grow tired of the mission field not being enough like home and eventually we leave. The few missionaries who happen to go to remote unreached people groups don't stay very long because they just can't make it a little home away from home. It's just too remote to sustain their former way of living.